nothing stays the same. It's one of those realities, those facts, that the sooner we get used to, the better. When I started thinking about going to college, there was a lot of movies about it. Most of them were American, where you would see all the fraternities, the parties, and it kind of showed that college would be fun. It was a huge shock when I realized that Portuguese college is not like this. It was mostly studying, studying really hard, and not a lot of partying, at least not for me. However, things were very much different when I got my first job. You see, I was used to watching these Silicon Valley movies, the Facebook, the internship, and I was used to this tech scenario where the offices would be amazing with people from all over the world, there would be parties and activities, and people were nice, people were really nice to each other. I would learn a lot and have fun. My first job was at Trivago a travel company in Dusseldorf, Germany. The city itself is very boring. It's a great city to live in, not a great city to visit, because there's really nothing much to do. When I first got the news that I had my interview, I was super frightened. Frightened because back then I was terribly afraid of flying. So I remember not wanted to go. I thought, okay, there's no point on me going there because I had to fly. Sometimes I wonder how different my life would be if I would have just caved in to my fear and avoid traveling by plane alone. But thankfully, I did go. And that first job, that first gig I had, I had for around four years, and it was definitely everything I had expected, or even more. The jobs was really good. I learned a lot. People were really nice. And the offices, the offices were amazing. They were really those tech offices that we were used to from Silicon Valley. Super comfortable with amazing creative rooms where you could just go there and, and work. Everything was open space. There was beer. There was all kinds of milk and, of course, there were avocados. Yes, I was living the millennial dream. But time moved on. People, after a few years, started to leave the company. My best friends to this day were people that I've met in Trivago. And they slowly started to move on. At some point, I was almost the only one there. And I decided to move to another company, a startup. Because I realized that even though the office and everything was amazing, I was missing something. I wanted to explore my entrepreneurial vibes and energies and urges. And I found that in this company, Weekend. I really wanted to find a company with the atmosphere that I had in Trivago and a place where I could learn how to become a better entrepreneur. And I met my boss the CEO of Weekend. He was and is a really nice, open guy. It's my best boss ever. 
Well, I only had two bosses, but definitely my best boss. So nice. And even in times of stress, when we were releasing something and we we're expecting thousands and thousands of views and something was broken, he would never freak out. He would always calmly support us. I've learned a lot with this boss, for sure. I've learned a lot with Tobias. But then COVID came. Out of the blue, this company stopped selling because it was also a travel company and no one was traveling. And this for a startup was definitely the kill switch. There was nothing we could have done. Funny enough, I saw myself back in Trivago. We got acquired. We got acquired by my first company. Of course, when I returned to Trivago, things were much different than the first time. We were in COVID times. There was no parties. There was not even office. And most of my friends were gone. So I decided to leave as well and to find something else, to follow my indie dreams. I have to say, those years, when I was kind of finding my feet and I saw all my friends leaving, I was feeling sad. I felt that somehow the best times of my life were past. That never again I would feel that happiness. The happiness that I felt in my first job. And I know I'm lucky. I, I'm really, really lucky because most people will not say the same, especially here in Portugal. Most people will say that their first job was not so nice. Maybe because the colleagues were not very pleasant to work with. Maybe because you were not taken serious. Maybe because the pay was low. For me, it was completely the opposite. But then I decided to follow my passion. I decided to try to find a job that I would really love doing. Not only for the first months or for the first year, but forever. I don't know who said this, but it's a pretty known quote that when you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And that's what I wanted to pursue. That's what I wanted to feel. And since I know myself, I've been an entrepreneur. This is what I am excited about. I'm always trying to pursue new ideas, new projects, and I love talking about this kind of stuff. So I wanted that to be my life. And I started this podcast. I started this podcast because of that. Because I felt a little bit overwhelmed when it first started. When I first started with Change It, my climate change app. And since then, that's kind of when we met, right? You and me. And you have been follow my journey ever since, at least some of you. And you know, or we learned together actually. Try to think about where you were two years ago. What were you doing? What have you learned in the past two years in regards to entrepreneurship, in regards to yourself? I've learned a lot. I really learned a lot. And fortunately, it seems now that once again, things are changing. Things are changing in this case for the better, at least in terms of my indie projects. We have found, João and I, we found a project, a company that actually might pay the bills, that actually might grow to something bigger than ourselves. We don't know. 
but it could be. Podsquiz started like any other project, really. It started with a brainstorm and then an idea. And then from then on, it was quite simple what we had to do. We had to find the MVP, build the first version of the product, get the first users, then get the first paying users, and somehow test the waters. We needed to see if there was something there. If this product could find that mythical word, the product market fit. Sometimes I feel that this word is like religious. It's like finding faith or finding God. Because I don't really know if this really exists or if you can see it and you know you have it. I think it might look very different to different projects. But if there is a product market fit, it seems that somehow we do have it. Because people have been enjoying Podsquiz, paying for it, and in less than two months, we reach from zero MRR to $4,300 MRR, which is absolutely crazy. It's absolutely crazy because all my projects up until now, my best project, the community, got a maximum of 600 euros MRR, and then it started going down. And that was after one year and a half. So having this in little more than a month is crazy. It's definitely crazy. And it's definitely something that Joan and I are not used to. We are used to hack our projects and have our jobs on the side. Joan is a freelancer. And during the night, we just work together. When my partner goes to bed, Joe and I turn on the camera and start hacking our product. We work until 4 a.m. back in the times when we were actually launching, even maybe later. And we are used to this. This is what we have done so far. This is the reality, the entrepreneurship reality we know. But now things are changing. Now, all the obvious things that we have to do are done. We have the product, we have the payments, and we have the product market fit. So, what now? It's a very interesting situation, because now it's the moment when we have to realize that we are no longer a side project. We are no longer a project that kind of pays the bills or pays maybe the first week of the month. <laughs> and we are the project that actually pays our salaries. We can work full-time and get paid by our company. I am still too soon to say that I've made it. I don't know if you remember there was an episode where I told you that that's what I wanted to achieve. I wanted to come here and say I've made it. For me, making it is getting at least the same salary I was making as a software engineer, which I'm still not there. But it seems that we might achieve that. So I'm not going to say it yet. I don't want to spoil it. But definitely, we are in the turning point. And Joan and I, now when we wake up, Joan sometimes has some freelancing. I've been 
mostly focused 100% on this. I also have some other projects like the community, this podcast, and a little bit of freelancing, but mostly pod squeeze. But sometimes we feel that like we don't know what to do next. There's a lot of tasks. There's a lot of user support. We are trying to figure out how to reduce our costs. We have a lot of meetings with potential new APIs to transcribe the podcast so that we can reduce the cost and have better quality. We interview or get feedback from our users and we know what features we have to work on, but sometimes we just do not know, right? We, we don't even know where do we want to take this product. Shall we just work two, three hours per day and, and wait for it to grow slowly? Or shall we focus 100% in pod squeeze and get a company that makes 40k MRR or 50k MRR, you know, maybe even hiring people. What shall we do? So it's funny because João is very is used to having tasks, right? He's a freelancer, and people will tell him what they want, and he would do it. That this is what he likes. This is what he likes to do. For me, since I've been the, doing this indie hacking. For two years, I'm used to this, of the unknown. And sometimes I just spend hours thinking or just walking around. I feel a little bit anxious, but it's okay. I like to think and, and kind of plan. But now we are reaching this point where we don't know how things will change. What shall we do? Shall we kind of set roles? Am I the CTO and is he the CMO? and is responsible for the marketing, I'm responsible for, for the tech, and then we work together in the product. Shall we have tasks or projects? And is the lead in one, I'm the lead in other? Or shall we continue like we are now, kind of winging it, and every, every day we think on the next step? I would love to get your opinion on this, to be honest. I would love to get your opinion and do send me a message at WBTiago on Twitter because I really don't know. Even the people that I interviewed, I, I did interview people that had a lot of success, but we never focused on this part too much. I always tried to tell the whole journey, but this little part of, okay, now we have something that works. How do you scale it? Like, how do you even define what you want from your company? Because Maybe I'm fine with reaching 10K by the end of the year and then just slowly get that income and work on it. But part of me wants to test myself as an entrepreneur. That's what I told João, right? The name of this podcast, Wanna Be Entrepreneur, also comes from the idea that you are never, ever a full entrepreneur. You're always learning. And I want to learn everything there is about this craft because I'm passionate about it. So let me tell you now a few things that have been happening here at Podsquiz. <laughs> One very interesting thing. We, we got approached by AppSumo. AppSumo, for the ones that do not know, is the marketplace for LTDs. No, it's not a disease. It, it stands for Lifetime Deal. These are deals that once you buy it, you buy it once and you get access forever. 
it sounds amazing. Well, it kind of depends on the price, but in general, there are always lower prices. And we have talked already with some people here in the podcast that have done these LTDs. But the idea of AppSumo is that you define an LTD for your SaaS, they'll sell it, they'll promote it for you. They will actually spend money on ads to get a lot of people, a lot of traction. And normally this is a way for you to raise money. It's a way for a bootstrapper like us to raise money. And there are some risks. Definitely, there are some risks because you are giving access to your tool. We are giving access to PodSqueeze, a tool that we have costs. Each user, for every minute a user takes or uses our platform, we pay. And if they only have to pay once, at some point, we'll end up losing money. Now, of course, it depends on how many minutes this person uses. It depends what are our costs. So once we got that opportunity, the opportunity to do a select campaign, which is a campaign that is actually supported and sponsored by AppSumo. It's a special campaign. Normally, you can just go to AppSumo and submit your LTD. But these select campaigns, they actually approach you and they will do extra efforts to advertise your company. Once I got that email, I was excited. I was excited because we have been selected. But then I start to thinking and and thinking, what are the consequences? Are we going to lose money? Can this be bad for the brand of the company? And to take care of that, I basically did this huge spreadsheet where I tried to predict how how we would perform based on the information that uh, the people from uh, AppSumo gave us, based on the information we already have, you know, our conversion rate, and how much costs we have and how how many minutes a user will use. So I tried to put everything down into a spreadsheet and then it's all about negotiation. Because, of course, AppSumo wants to bring the best deal for their community, but at the same time, we want the best for us. So here is my, my thinking. And I've also talked with a lot of people or some people that have done AppSumo campaigns. The goal of this campaign is not to make a lot of money, at least not for us. The goal for this campaign is to get a boost in marketing. AppSumo will put our tool in front of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. And this is great because the chances of us, of putting ourselves in in front of the right eyes are bigger, right? And when I mean with the right eyeballs is maybe big agencies or influencers or even a lot of podcasters. So that's kind of what we want. And this campaign runs for one month. And after that, we still keep having traffic from AppSumo because there's been a lot of buzz around it, a lot of links, a lot of things created, right? So that's our main goal. At the same time, we don't want to lose money. Hopefully, we will make some money. So for us, we want to give a deal, an opportunity that even though it's great for the AppSumo community, we need to somehow make it so that we can convert some of these users, these lifetime users, to users that actually pay every month. 
So my idea was, okay, let's give them some minutes, but not a lot of minutes, so that if they have more podcasts, they actually need to upgrade. That's one option. Another option is to have a special deal with less features. So there's some some wiggle room here. But at the same time, AppSumo wants the opposite, right? They want to give the best deal to their community. So we are kind of negotiating this. And it's interesting. It's interesting because, I don't know, it's, it's fun to sit down in the grown-up stable for once and really be taken seriously. We also are having a lot of meetings with potential um, partners for our APIs. And we have meetings with basically all the providers, all the transcription providers. And we are kind of saying, hey, this provider is giving this price. Why can't you match it? And we are working. And it's funny, like sometimes I look at Joe and I and it's, it's, I'm in my T-shirt in in my, not underwear, but like, you know, shorts or something just in my room. And he's as well in this room. And we are creating this company and, and it's fully bootstrapped. That's something that I love. Right, so for instance, with AppSumo, they only pay after 60 days. So let's say you have 2,000 new clients and they use the minutes, so you have the costs, but at the same time, they only pay you after after two months. So you need to cover those costs from your own pocket. But we don't have any reserves. I mean, our own pockets are our savings. So all of this, like another great example is that some of some of these API providers, in order to give us a better deal, they ask for a commitment, a money commitment. They say, hey, pay us this amount of money right out of the bat so that we know we have you for the next year and we'll give you a great price. But we also want to avoid this because it's been only a month and a half. How can we guess? Like maybe tomorrow there'll be a new huge competitor that, that, that will basically kill our product. Or maybe, I don't know, GPT will be banned, something. We never know. And we don't have reserves. We don't have investors. We are It's only us building this from zero, right? So there are these challenges, challenges that you might not have if you have um, a company that is funded. At the same time, I don't know. I feel that I feel so passionate about it. Like really building something from our savings, from ground zero, without owing money to anyone. Wow, <laughs> it feels amazing. It it really feels great. It really feels great. So that's basically what we have been doing. Plus, we have been releasing a bunch of new features, a bunch and, and a, a lot of support. But yeah, at the same time, Joe and I are having these conversations about what do we want to do with the company? How do we want to manage it? Like, how are we going to manage ourselves even? It, it's something that I've never thought about because even though I knew that I could reach this point, I didn't prepare myself to it because I was too busy surviving. I was too busy trying to find something that would somehow pay the bills. At the same time, as an indie maker that I am, I'm always having new ideas. Always having new ideas. 
recent new idea that I've been exploring, I pitched this to Jerome, but he's still not very convinced, is a product that allows you to use GPT to make websites, only GPT. So you just basically describe what you want and you see the website in front of you and then you can deploy it. And I've created a few, like a little uh, proof of concept. <laughs> it's so amazing. Like it's, it's definitely not ready for production. Uh, if you want to try it out, just send me a DM and I'll send it to you. But it's amazing the power it can do. You can, at some point, I asked it to make the tic-tac-toe, you know, the, the game with a cross and the circle. And it just did. It just writes the JavaScript and everything. I also sent it my RSS ID for uh, my podcast and I told, like, create a player. And it, it did. Uh, so there's so many possibilities. There's so many possibilities. And more and more, this dream of mine of suddenly having a company of indie projects where we have projects that make us money, some make more money, some make less money, but that's basically what we do. I don't know, this is maybe coming into a reality. It could be, you know? So this gets me really excited. This really gets me excited. And uh, I think that's what I want. That's just what I want to achieve. And uh, every day I want to work. And every day I have a smile on my face. And now I just, I'm just much more relaxed. Much more relaxed, you know. Back in the days when there was no money coming in or almost no money, I would watch a TV series or travel or even go to bed and think, ah, I should be working. You know, I don't deserve this. And now I have this feeling of relaxation. I feel that, well, at least we are making money. Things are growing. I can sleep. <laughs> yeah. So quite happy about that. And uh, yeah, the challenge is only to organize ourselves. To finish, let me tell you a really funny story. I think Juan will kill me for this, but... This is just hilarious. I mean, we need to have fun, right? And we need to enjoy the moment because, again, everything changes. So better enjoy it. We got approached by a um, Colombian podcaster. Uh, I think her, her company is called Soy Pod Podcastera. And uh, she's super nice, super nice. And she said, like, hey, uh, we, I want, I love your tool. I want to interview you. But here's the catch. I want to interview in Spanish. <laughs> and for, for the ones that know, uh, Joe and I, we are Portuguese. And we are bordered with the Spanish, right? And our languages are quite similar. I would say maybe 80% similar. You just have to switch a few words. But a lot of things are very, very similar. And we, the Portuguese, we say that we speak a variation, something between Portuguese and Spanish which we call Portunhol. So it's Portuguese, Portuguese, and Espanol, Spanish. It's a mix of this word, Portunhol. So we are always convinced that we can speak Spanish. And I told her, like, hey, I would love to do it, really, because we want to get into the new markets. We want to, to get into the Spanish-speaking market, French, German, everything. But at the same time, <laughs> we speak Portunhol, right? We don't speak any Spanish. And she said, oh, it's fine. We can do it. Uh, let's have a, a first meeting so that we can just talk only in Spanish to see if it works. So we, we did have this meeting. 
and she's in Colombia, so the time difference is quite big, but she's so nice and super energetic, and for the first maybe five minutes of the conversation, she was just explaining everything and speaking only in Spanish, and we're nodding along, and then <laughs> she says in Spanish, all right, let's start with a simple question. Como estão? How are you? And I say, hey, Joel, uh, maybe you can start answering, and then I start And Joel suddenly blocks. He completely blocks, maybe because of me, because I put him on the spot. And it was like, uh, uh, hello, do you speak English? <laughs> he said that in English. So, like, he completely failed at the first test. And then <laughs> he kind of said, hey, uh, just to know if, if, uh, we don't, if we have a blank and we don't know what to say, if we can ask in English. She said yes, and then he was able to switch to Spanish and or Portuñol and speak, and it was fine. But it was funny that <laughs> this happened. And and then when I was talking, uh, when it would flow, I would be I would speak, and it would be okay. But sometimes if there was a blocker or something that I couldn't say, our brain goes to this mode like, what language should I speak? Is it Portuguese? Is it English? You know, and you get kind of blocked. So. Uh, just to, to make this challenge harder, we decided, um, she invited us to do a live, yeah, a live, Instagram live, where people will be asking questions about Podsquiz in Spanish, and it will be answering. Oh boy, this is going to be really interesting. Um, it's If you speak Spanish or Portuguese, or if you just want to see ourselves <laughs> potentially embarrassing us. Uh, I'll tell you, I think it's not this next coming week, it's the other one, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. And yeah, it's fun to, to go to these meetings with Joan because as well, sometimes we do the bad cop, good cop, where we have, for instance, a meeting with one of our providers and I was trying to get them to lower their prices and I was saying, hey, can you please say if it's okay? And they were like, ah, it's really hard to do it. And then Joan just stops me and says, hey, Tiago, can we be honest? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, okay. So basically, we had much better prices from our other providers. Can you do it? Like super straight to the point. And they were like caught off guard. And they're like, ah, let me think. And suddenly, you have these companies that are actually working with Joe Rogans and, and these big players. And then they are talking with us, you know small players still in the business. We just have some nice growth, but nothing can say that we are going to be big or very big. But they are respecting us. They are. And it's amazing when they look at us like, hey, you know, let's let's pay attention to these guys. They can they can do something amazing. So yeah, it's it's really cool. At the same time, a lot of competition as well. And uh, yeah, so we need to stay on our feet, but yeah, it's fun. It's really, really fun. That's all I wanted to say today. As you can see, there was no introduction. It was just like me talking. And again, this helps me so much. So thank you for listening. Sorry for the episodes to only come out on, on the end of the week. I also have an interview still that I need to release it. I need to edit it and release it. And If you could share these episodes with your indie maker friends or tweet about them, that, that would mean the world. That, that would really help the podcast to grow. That's something that would make me really happy. 
And if you want to support it, you can become a member of our community, which is a very active Slack community only with indie makers. And I'm I have tried to start other communities. I started I tried to start a community for Pod Squeeze and for Change It, and nothing ever had the same vibe and traction and engagement as this WB space. It's really amazing. A lot of my good friends are there. I'm always learning. Every time I have a question or a doubt, I, I ask there and I always have great answers. So it's really a place where I like to be. It's it's really, in, and I want to meet all of them. And it's so cool to be surrounded with this creative mind. So it's only 10 bucks per month. And you can support this podcast as well. And, and so the link will be in the show notes for you to join. And I also have my guides with like a step-by-step guide that will help you kind of validate and start your idea. Something that I took from all the conversations I had with the people here in the podcast. So that will be also linked in the show notes. And that's it. That's it for today's WBE episode, The Wannabe Entrepreneur. Again, it was a pleasure. And I wish you a great weekend. See you next time. Every time I decide to watch my team play sporting, they lose. And that's annoying. That's why I don't watch them.